See, now. 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 <laughs> Holy crap. Holy crap. Technology. I'm exhausted already. I, I, I can't believe what just happened. I two beef sandwiches. Before we begin, this is Daryl. Daryl Wilson. Hey. Bull Weevil. We're at Johnny's Beef. The Johnny's legendary beef. Johnny's Beef. Legendary. Before I begin, I should mention, Daryl. You ever notice the fees on your phone bill start to add up? State fees, federal fees, administrative fees, streaming surcharge. Not exactly what you signed up for. Maybe it's time for a switch. At Boost Mobile, your taxes and fees are included on all plans. That means the price they say is the price you pay. Sorry, Metro PCS. Switch happens. Boost makes it easy to switch. Switching makes it easy to save. Stop by a Boost Mobile store today. There it is. Now, because I'm recording the podcast at the same time as we're doing Facebook Live, this is where I'll drop in the theme song. It's Car Con Carne. Let's eat in the car. It's Car Con Carne. And now here's the star of our show. James Van Okay, so hello, Facebook Live. There's Daryl. We're at Johnny's, and uh, we're going to talk to Daryl about his career, his time in the bull weevils, his time in the punk rock scene, in the Chicago scene, his time practicing medicine, treating the ill, the the in need, the yes, the, the, the uh, injured, the injured, the infirmed, the uh, ingrates, the involuntarily committed individuals. That's right. All the because same. he is the punk rock doctor. Uh, we're also going to talk about the movie he appeared, appears in this year. Uh, but first, we're going to eat messy beef sandwiches on camera. This yes. is what you came here for. Oh, yeah. This is going to be good. Now, combo sandwiches. Combos. I wish there was a way that people listening and people watching could smell. It, the, the second you get out of the car here. Amazing. What did I say? It was an aphrodisiac. Yes. This, he almost made out with me. I almost it was did. so good. But I mean, because Daryl is eight feet tall, he was able to fight me off. I did. I, like. Food him right now. I was like, yeah. Okay, now you got. We got the same thing. We got combos. Combos. You went hot. I went sweet. Right, I went hot. I think this is hot. Yep. Oh that's yeah, hot. that's a lot yeah. of jardinera. Oh, jardinera. And I grabbed a handful of napkins. I don't think it's enough. No, <laughs> and they really give totally bullshit yeah, napkins those here. I mean, small napkins. That's not gonna. Do they know really. what they serve here? Here. Oh, thanks. On your thigh. So yeah, I went sweet. Johnny's oh. Beef in Elmwood Park on North Avenue. It's just west of Harlem. This place is a treasure. And I swear to God, the prices haven't Uh changed since like 1975. Mm. I'm going to show. You can smell like the the, the char and the. Look at that. That jardinera juice. Oh, yeah. Right there. That is like amazing. Okay, so look at this. I got the sweet on here. Mm. Oh, my God. Mm. Can't really. Oh, there's the sausage. Look at this. This is a work of art. This is like really, really good. Uh huh. I mean,. I don't think those napkins are enough, man. They're, they can't possibly be. Uh, I didn't get mine dipped because I just I thought they'd be calamitous in the car. I thought about it too, and it's like this is already kind of moist and right moist. I said yeah, it, it's moist. the integrity is not going to hold for much longer. No. And I'm so glad you're a doctor because <laughs> looking at this, we're dead. Yeah, you you we're know dead. all your cardiac stuff, right? I mean, this is not cardiac healthy, Mm-mm. but it's tasty. Oh I mean, my that, god, that's the thing. Mm. Mm. My God. Mmm. <laughs> Great. It's really good. This is, this really is one of the best in the city. I mean, I mean if not, or this Chicagoland area. This is. It's Italian, good. man. I, I, it's like, this is not. I, I, I totally, I didn't eat anything all day. 
Just see this with you. Yeah, this is his cheat day. Mm -hmm. uh, Doug McBride is watching. Thanks for watching, Doug. Uh, JP and Fred, thank you for watching, gentlemen. Hey, dudes. Oh, yeah, uh, now there we go. It's, it, it's broken through. Mm-hmm. My sausage has gone rogue. Not the first time I've said that. <laughs> well, the aphrodisiac thing scares me now. <laughs> your sausage is rogue. So when was the first time I ever established contact with you? I, I think I remember. God, Do you remember? Um, when was that? Here's what I think it was. In the 90s, I did a local music show. Mm-hmm. And I reached out to you. I, I don't know if I requested an in-studio interview or something, but the response was, Hey, man, it's cool if you play us on the radio, but we have to kind of play to the audience that we can't come on the radio station. <laughs> I do have a vague recollection of that. Uh-huh. Because it was that one radio station that we had to be anti-radio station because mm -hmm. we were so punk rock. Mm -hmm. Which is so kind of stupid when you think about it now. But that was the, that was the time. Yeah. And it wasn't just you. No. That, yeah, I think that was actually the response we gave, which is... And I got it, and, you know, it's, it's, it's thinking back still to played fence-sitter, you know. Well, but it's still kind of, you know, as you grow up and you mature, you realize that, you know, we're, we're dying on hills that were completely ridiculous hills <laughs> to die on, you know. It's like, oh, no, this is our stance, oh, this is bullshit, blah, blah, blah. And then later on you go, well, that was kind of dumb. <laughs> I mean, it, it really is. I mean, we're, we're, the, the, the naivete of youth is great. Then you grow up and go, what a bunch of fucking idiots. <laughs> what a bunch of fucking idiots. That whole era, I worked at Q101. You were busy bull weaveling and learning medicine. Mm -hmm. It was like an us versus them. I mean, the punk rock community hated the radio station. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget, I was on an errand with someone from promotions for the radio station. And we were in Wicker Park. And we were at the intersection waiting to turn on the intersection of North Damon in Milwaukee. Dude just walks right up to my window and does this. <laughs> just looks at me. Like, standing there face to face. And I thought it was hilarious. Like, who does that? Like, just so brazenly. Like, go fuck yourself, radio Punk guy. guys do that mm -hmm. shit. We're brazen motherfuckers. That's right. <laughs> just, fuck your radio. I mean, there, there are so few people I would actually go up to and do that. For one, everyone packs guns these days, so I wouldn't... <laughs> right. Well, good thing it's not like an open carry place. You never know. They might conceal it. Exactly. Issue, you know? But, I mean, it is that whole idea of you got to rebel against something. Mm -hmm. And, like, the you know, the whole thing is, oh, that's, like, the norm. That's the mainstream. No one wants to be mainstream. Screw that. Screw you. Mm -hmm. We're so underground that we're, we're, we're never going to see us. We're buried. We're so underground. <laughs> right. you know? we, we can't breathe. Then you're burying yourself. Mm -hmm. that, I mean, that's the thing. But... You know, somehow people survive all that. You I mean that's why we we mature. You survive your youth mm -hmm. to learn from your mistakes, and you come up and go, "Oh shit, yeah, that was kind of dumb. <laughs> that was kind of a little fucked up." This is like candy, by the way. When mm -hmm. the bread gets the au jus all mixed in there. Well, that's the thing. If you dip this, this would be completely falling apart in your hand. Completely. I mean, it's already moistened up. I mean, this jardinier they put on here was like just amazing. I, I've been waiting to come to Johnny's, waiting for the right person, the right moment. And this is that. This is that, man. This is. I mean, I. I Daryl and I. Daryl and I have been talking about doing this for a couple months now. This mm -hmm. is nothing but payoff here. I swear, I. It was like, where are we going to go to? We had all these places. Like you know, mm -hmm. you know, Johnny's good. And I thought about Mickey's and other places out you know out here. And I'm like, oh, Johnny's, yeah, let's get some beef. Well, you, you know? were talking about a lot of go-tos mm -hmm. from when you were in med school. Mm-hmm. Well, I got here. We used to go to um, Mickey's and get a big Mickey and. Um, Euro 
a riblet sandwich should be all these things that you get. Um, go to like you know, Lucky Dog. We used to go mm-hmm. to Joe Principe back in the day when he used to eat meat. He was going to eat hot dogs all the time. Joe ate a pizza in here once. I know. <laughs> it's just like so. We go there. <laughs> we go to like Kings and Queens. You know, um, got Parkies. Got Parkies dog. You know, all those places that we go to. I mean, hell. You after you were on call, then you'd wake up the next day, and then you'd be like tired. You eat crap. You know, late at night you eat crap, but it was good crap. I mean, it was like something that made us feel. Energized. I've, I've said before, I think my favorite cuisine is bar food. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mozzarella sticks, buffalo wings. Well, they're easy. And it's like, it helps the alcohol, you know, mm. circulate better. That's not medical. It's made up. It's a, a tour shit. Um, but, but, yeah, the Denny's. The Denny's right down the block. Used to go there all the time after shows and hang out. And just hang out at Denny's all the time. I mean, that, that's a thing. It's like, this is like old haunts and old places that you remember because you ate there, you know, yeah. and shared a meal with your friends and just did stupid crap, <laughs> you know, which is funny. If it wouldn't kill me, I could eat this every night. Um, Maybe yeah, mix it up, have a beef one night, combo another night. Right, because you want to make sure you don't have the sausage didn't take that high. And sausage has a little bit of spice to it, too. Oh, you probably can't tell because of all the jardinera. No, it, it's, the jardinera adds a special spice to it. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it's like um, the well, best. the oil. This is like dune spice what it is, you know. Why should like go through the war for everything? That's the spice. Dune reference, ladies and gentlemen. Dune reference. One of the many reasons <laughs> I wanted Daryl to come in the car is we have similar interests. I'm a geek. You're no stranger to comic books. No. And you're going to think I'm not telling the truth. You're going to think I'm completely, I, I, I planned this. You're wearing a Doctor Strange shirt. Mm-hmm. Doctor Strange has put out Bull Weevil's music. Mm-hmm. I, too, am wearing a Doctor Strange shirt. <laughs> But here's the thing. Stephen Strange has got to be. Yes. Stephen Strange it is. That's right. The doctor is in. Same. I mentioned the movie you're in. Yes. Men. Yes. So I, tell me about this. It followed uh, the directors, the documentarians followed four. It, it's going to be a total of six. So it, it right now. So so men. Oh, see, I thought it was a single movie. No. So it's it's a docu-series is what it okay, is. So, okay. So it's, it's a... Um, they're going to have six episodes for the first season. Um, I'm one of the episodes in the But this has already debuted at Con, right? They had the first couple episodes debut at Con, yeah. Okay. So, so they had... Um, the very first episode was with the two brothers called the Moody Brothers, who mm-hmm. are these cowboys who actually hunt wild pigs, you know, in the nation. And um, they debuted their episode, and then they talked about our episode, my episode and then the other episode. Um and so they had my episode specifically was up for a possibility of getting an award, an HBO documentary award at the um, Martha's Vineyard African American Film Festival. And it didn't win, but I mean, it was up for an award, which is kind of nice. That's great. Um, you know, it's an honor just to be nominated. It is an honor just to be nominated. Yes, it is. I mean, I like Sally Field, where you, people really like me. I don't uh-huh. know if they really like me. Um, but the, the, the docuseries is right now focusing on, you know, six men in the United States, African-American men at this mm-hmm. time, but they're going to, you know, in the next series, um, just do a, a multitude of different ethnicities, et cetera. Um, because the stories really are not just about African-American men. It's the stories about men in general. And, and, and the commonalities of the stories are what people, what they want you to really see. 
that, you know, to try and say there's some big difference between myself and somebody else because of the color of my skin is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I mean, the things that make us different are the unique things that we do in life. You know, hell, I'm a physician, I'm a father, I have a husband, you know, I play a punk rock band. You know, it's like all that stuff right there is kind of like, well, that's crazy. Who does all that stuff at one time? Um, And so that's kind of the the premise behind it is showing that men are are diverse people are diverse and and we all have these common stories or these real unique stories that people should see so that we can actually learn about each other and 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 that's kind of the key thing um right now they're they're in post-production on the fourth um mm-hmm. episode um so they want to finish the six and then they'll start shopping around to, to a multitude of platforms um, so eric lasell he directed my Portion, yes. Who we all know from ER. Yes, yes. So, so it makes sense. <laughs> Chicago-based TV show, medical-themed TV show. Yes. Totally appropriate to have him direct. Yes, and, and Michael Michelle, who's one of the executive producers, she was also on ER. Yeah. Um, and Wait, now they she's, dated on the show, right? Yeah, they, I thought they did for a little while. Maybe they did. Towards the end, because he was dating the other girl. Remember, he was dating the British girl for a while. Oh, right, then, Alex Kingston. Yes. yes. And then, yeah, Michael Michelle was on the show later on. She was the pediatric, she was pediatric yes. ER doc. The four, fourth episode's in post-production. Um, and once they finish the other two episodes, they're going to then start shopping around to figure out where it's going to go. Um, so yeah, right now, you know, Chris Jenkins, who's the other executive producer on the show, um, is doing other projects for Google right now as well. Are you stifling burps from Johnny's as you're I maybe, you know, know, here's the funny thing. I cannot burp. What do you mean you can't burp? I cannot burp. That is something I cannot do. I just can't. I just, it's impossible for me to physically do that. Can you drink your root beer really fast? It doesn't, I can't do it. I honestly can't. My, I've so, learned so much already. Yes. <laughs> My gastroesophageal sphincter is really, really tight. I can't burp. Uh, I'd like to thank... <laughs> I, just, I just had Bob Stroud pop on there. Uh, I wanted to let him know that Utopia is putting out a vinyl release uh, specifically for Record Store Day. Oh, nice. He's a Todd Rungren fan. That's very good. There we go. Yeah. Thank you. All right, go ahead. So, so, so you know, the, the episode is, you know, a part of the docuseries, and it's going to be, you know, uh, showing the lives of men and hopefully have this commonality that people can see um and uh you know i'm excited for it It, it's like i mean it sounds really cool it's it's really cool i mean the the bits and pieces of it putting it together you know having the filming done not only you know here in chicago but in la when we played out in la we went out out west um you know uh here at the hospital they filmed me um a couple days there with my family you know just the whole aspect of the back of Cook County. You know, I had a day where I went back to County where I trained. Um, and it's like just the, the whole experience itself was amazing. And, I, and I'm very proud of it. It's, it's like one cool. of those things I can't wait for it to come out and people to see it. Cause I think it's an important thing right nowadays specifically to allow people to see that, Hey, the commonalities that we all share are really, really right. They're more important than any difference that people really want to, you know, kind of conceive the, the differences are minuscule, the, the commonalities are right. there and the amazing things that people do are freaking beyond amazing so so it's it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be awesome all right so if you're watching on facebook live thank you uh this full episode the full podcast episode will be available on carcon carne in a week or so weekish uh we'll be talking all about bull weevils and music and punk rock and more medical stuff uh but thank you for watching that's daryl all right and uh we're done eating so i'm gonna make the i'm gonna get another sandwich (laughs) as i'm trying to wrap this up (laughs) When the video feed crashed, we were looking at each other, kind of sizing each other up like, what Should if we were to sandwich? get another round of sandwiches? Would we look like gluttonous fools? I don't know. I, I mean... I don't, get, I don't get to Johnny's that often. 
I did when eat. I, do, I, I should make I it count. I fasted all day. I should eat two sandwiches. I need that. I'm six foot like ten. Well, the, you are. I mean, I need to so eat, like, here's the cliffhanger food. for you to listen to the podcast at home. Do we go and get more sandwiches? Find out on an all new Carcon Carne. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Thank you for watching Facebook Bye, Live. Guys. We started talking about the '90s. Yeah. You guys got started at the very beginning of the '90s. Things took off for you. What do you remember most fondly about that period? I, I mean, the thing I remember most fondly about the '90s, um, I guess it's the, the the camaraderie of the, I guess the scene. You know how everybody has this whole thing of the scene and what mm-hmm. it was. Um, but it was more cohesive. It was because it was smaller. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the thing you didn't have such wide access to bands. You had to discover bands in the old-fashioned way of listening to music and people turning you on to music. I mean, the the internet wasn't like it was. I mean, it wasn't huge. It was right, people like weren't that. trading MP3s. No, no. You had to sit there and say, hey, I have the 7-inch. Here's what this is. Yeah. Listen to this. Um, You'd go to record stores. Yeah, and, and that was the thing. Like, I remember going to record stores with my buddies and just hanging out there. That's the mm-hmm. thing you do. It was an, an experience to go. And... I think that the the thing I miss about the 90s is that kind of spirit. I mean, the, the same people are still, of course, we're now playing music still, which is great. So mm-hmm. all of those people that have been friends of ours forever and friend of mine's forever are, are out there still doing it. So that's kind of great that we can all still go out and play music. And I had things. Dennis Buckley in the car yes. a couple months ago. So, so one, of my, one of my buddies. So it's like, that's great. Um, but when you think about the number of bands that were around at the time, it's, it was definitely a finite number it felt that mm-hmm. way. And, and so... And people went to shows. That's the thing that happens. People right. don't have the gumption to go to shows. They were events. They weren't just like, yeah, maybe I'll go. Maybe I'll go see some bands. And you want to discover new bands that mm-hmm. way, you know. And, and and now it's harder in some sense to do that. People discover things and they sit in their home. They can Facebook Live stuff instead of going right. to an event. It's um, so true. So I mean, the the nineties I think had its big heyday of people going out to shows as events and experiencing new bands and having them grow organically in a way. And I think that organic growth of things has kind of been lost in some sense. Well, you had a place like the Fireside Bowl. Yep. And yes. It, that, that fostered a lot of that community. And it did. And, I mean, you think about those shows there, it's like that place was a dingy, you know, hole. I mean, the bathroom there. Well, I, had I was going to so, say. So, like, oh, God. I, I, I've almost caused horrible bladder and... <laughs> kidney damage just by holding my pee. Right. Anything it took to not have to go there. Right. I mean, it was like, it, didn't, it was like a hole in the wall almost. It was <laughs> like, things could come in and grab you and pull you through. Like a chud could be underneath there or something to pull you through. So, I mean, it, but it was like, that was still our hole in the wall. That was our place to go and hang out. And, and you know, then, then you know, you made it. This one, you made it. You knew you made it when you played the Metro. That was like your thing. That was your stage to play. Yeah, there, there was like a trajectory that, that everyone kind of understood. Yes, yes. And now it's Were like... Were you guys banned from the Metro? For, I, technically, yes. <laughs> technically, yes. Um, yeah, there was, you know, an altercation that took place during a show and words were said and then it was like... So, yes, we were banned. Supposedly, you know, when... when I talked to Joe Shanahan about it later on. It's like, the oh no, you weren't really, you weren't really banned. I'm like, well, that, they said to us when we walked on stage, "You are banned from here. You can't play here again. You're banned." <laughs> um, so, I, I suppose it was. In legend, it lives on that we were completely banned from there. And I, and I remember the words being said to us 
we were allowed back later on after, you know, things changed and things like that. But, yeah, we were banned for a little bit of time. <laughs> and then the fire side was, of course, where we played all the time. So, not to harp on it, but the banning <laughs> was over what? Um, fighting for... Okay, so, there right. was there was a statement that was made that we don't want to have anybody stage diving or causing any ruckus. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, as long as you don't kick people out, that's fine. Mm-hmm. So that was the deal that was made. No handshake, but a verbal deal. Right. Cool. So we start playing, and then people get on stage. Yeah. Particularly my Betty, my best buddy Paul, bring back Paul from the record We've Alive. He gets on stage, he stage dives, and I believe he gets kicked out. Mm-hmm. Dennis gets on stage as well. Buckley gets on stage. Mm-hmm. He gets beat up and kicked out. So then it becomes a whole statement of, we're not going to allow this. People are getting kicked out. Blah, blah, blah. F you, blah, blah, blah. And so if, if people are getting kicked out, we do whatever the fuck you want, kind of, is the whole idea. You know, inviting anarchy. Inviting mm-hmm. a rebellion. Inviting a riot. Mm-hmm. So... We say, fuck it. People get on stage. We don't give a fuck what you do. So people start getting on stage. And then it becomes more anarchic. The bouncers start throwing fists at people. People who can't fight back. Mm-hmm. Ken throws a punch at one of the bouncers and misses. But he was going to knock the guy out. Oh, my God. And it then just degenerated from there. And then after that, I said a few words that were pretty... Raw, but I bet they were well articulated. I think I used a lot of you know uh, colorful words that mm-hmm. probably did not um, match to a man of my intelligence at the time. <laughs> um, so I said, "Yeah, you know, f <laughs> this place, this things like that." And um, you know, I was young. I was young. Yeah, I was young. Full and of piss, and full vinegar, of piss and vinegar, yeah. anger, and whatever. And so. We said, yeah, fuck this place, do whatever the fuck you want, blah, blah, blah. I remember when this place used to be cool and blah, 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 punk rock. Yeah. All the, you know, kind of that whole thing of people flipping off Q101, that kind of yeah, punk, yeah, punk yeah. rock shit. <laughs> and then so we then played our last song, and I said, fuck this place, remember playing this place again. I throw the microphone down on the ground, and as we're walking off, yeah, you're never playing this place again. I'm like, oh, we're banned. Confirmed. So <laughs> there you go. And um, was that, you came, no, you came back. We did come back. Yeah. It, well, what the rumor is is that afterwards... Pennywise went to play there. I, now I saw a Pennywise show. I was, I didn't want to bring it up because I, I didn't want to convolute your story. I remember seeing Pennywise maybe in, Jesus, ninety four, ninety five, very similar stuff. Like they basically invited the entire floor on stage with them. So what was said, rumor was said to Pennywise is that, hey, we don't want any bull weevils incidents happening here. I'm like, we have an incident named after us. That's amazing. Excellent. So yeah, I, I think I was at that Pennywise show. That was after we were banned for causing a ruckus. Oh my god! So that's the rumor. Um, I I can either confirm or deny it, but that is the rumor. Well, now, I said. remember there, there was weirdness between the punk rock community and Metro in the early '90s. Like I want to say, what was it? Ben Weasel. He like tried to spearhead a, like a full on boycott of the venue. Yeah, so we, we that was the whole time when everybody had their factions and we were all signing these, you know, little, you know, this this anti-playing the Metro, um, you know, uh, missive. And we signed it out of night being naive and thinking this is the right thing to do because it's so punk rock not to do that. But then we're like, what, what is that? That didn't make sense. And then, you know, um, it was uh, Mark Ruvalo 
started doing shows there with Johan's face and doing mm -hmm. shows. And it was like, hey, we're going to start doing shows here at the Metro, kind of punk rock shows for a low price. Mm -hmm. And hey, let's do this. And so we're like, yeah, why not do this? We'll, <laughs> we'll do this. So, of course, we signed a contract. Well, it wasn't really a binding contract. And then we broke it thinking, what the fuck? How more punk rock is that? <laughs> right. <laughs> Whatever. So, you know, so we... we Decided to play the Metro, and and I, I guess at the time there's supposed to be some show we were supposed to play with Propagandi, and then Propagandi wasn't going to play there because the Metro had you know corporate sponsorships and all this other stuff, and then it was like we looked like the bad guys because we were playing this corporate sponsored place and blah blah blah. And it's like you know what? In the end, once again, as I look back on all the petty little squabbly, stupid little things that were done, it it was completely ridiculous and and high schoolish and naive and you know petty and none of that stuff really even matters in the end you look at it and go why wouldn't you want to play that stage why wouldn't you want to play that venue why why wouldn't you want to play in a place that has great sound why wouldn't you want to play right. in a place that has that has a big capacity for people to see you play why would you not want to do that what, right. what part of that if you know just go play in your basement that's like just go play in your basement just play in your bloody basement so um you know, so we played those shows, and they were great shows. That's when, you know, they had another heyday of the Metro and some... Not heyday, but Punk Rock the Metro stuff that was these Lodo shows that, oh, yeah, you know, Johan's face put on. I, mean, and, I was going to say, I feel like I, was, I saw Sidekick Kato and not yeah, Rebecca like every other week. Yes, and that, that was, like, great. We got to play the place where we saw Naked Ray Gun playing. Yeah. You know, where we could go, hey, you made it because you're playing that stage. And that's kind of the whole, you know the rise there you go like hey you're playing this place you're playing these little places you're, you're working you're working working and now you made it mm -hmm. now ray gun is the rosetta stone for the bull weevils yes yes it is i mean you started you formed a bond yes that was that was our bonding experience of all of us going to those shows and hanging out being the survivors in the front now i remember I, I was young in the 1980s youngish um but i remember reagan reagan was I mean, that was the bar. Yes. I mean, they looked cool. They had the, in the Chicago cop coats, the boots, the whoa-whoa-whoes. They, they were, and still are, they're, they're the shit. That's the mm -hmm. thing. That was like you you had this bar that you said, that's what I want to be. I mean, one of the goals I had in being in a band, which is which is kind of like a, you had to have these goals to reach for. And one of the goals was like, I want to have dinner with those guys. I want to hang out and have dinner with them. That they, I want to meet them and have dinner with them. And, you know, we, we had that goal happen. We, we, we were at Pierre's house for like the 4th of July and for other like kind of holidays and things hanging out. And, and some of the best advice we had gotten was from John Kesdy, um, you know, of Effigy's fame, mm -hmm. who said to us, <laughs> he's sitting there in this chair and we're at Pierre's house. Speaking and of the Effigies, I love your body bag cover. Thank you. Always have. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. I mean, it's like we got to got to pay homage to the Chicago fans that mm -hmm. made us who we are. So, um, so we're, at his, we're at Kesdy's house and John's like, you those Bow Weevils guys? I'm like, yeah. Let me give you some advice. Never go on tour. <laughs> Never go on tour. Like, we already going on tour. Never go on tour. Okay. Thank you very much, well, what sir. Was the, what was the thought process? I didn't ever ask. We were too afraid. <laughs> we were too afraid. We were, we were intimidated because it was said in such a stern, fatherly, kind of father knows best, I'll beat you with a belt kind of way that we we're like, Okay. And I don't want to focus on all these other bands. I do want to talk about Bow Weevils. Yeah. But talking about going on tour, I mean, things really started to happen for you almost on the West Coast. Yeah. That's the thing. It was like we were, we were, you know, releasing records on underdog records, you know, our own records and on underdog records here in Chicago. And, you know, we we had 
music we're ready to put out. And they're like, no, nah, you're not ready to put out a record yet. You're not ready to do this. Like, we're ready to put out a record. I said, no, nah, you're not. It's like, okay. And they, they put out Smoking Pope's record, which is okay. They, that's fine. They did that, but we were ready to put out a record too. And so we, Ken was kind of corresponding with Harlan from the band Rhythm Collision on Doctor Strange Records. And, you know, it was kind of like a passing thing because they had a Rhythm Collision sticker and then Harlan's girlfriend saw that when she was here in Chicago and then Ken started talking to those guys. And so we started corresponding with them and we kind of had a similar sound and, you know, Doctor Strange, you know, Bill heard our stuff and we went out west, went on tour and they kind of like said, hey, you know, your guys are going to be on Doctor Strange. So we got on Doctor Strange. We were on that label. Mm -hmm. And that was like our you know, basis for things. We had a real big following in, in Southern California. I mean, that's the thing. We were like a Doctor Strange band and we still have, you know, allegiance to that. That's, yeah. that's our, that's our bread and butter. That's, that's who we are. Um, and I remember that being, you know, kind of a, a sticking point to say, you're not Chicago, you're, you're West coast. You guys are all, you know, epitaph fat records. We're like, no, we're Chicago. Yeah. band. we just happen to be on a West coast label and we just play the music so we like funny. to play, you know, that's, that's it. So, um, you know, it, that was like our, our big, you know, people step. love to, people have to find a way to compartmentalize yes. music. Everyone wants to Epitaphy, categorize stuff. Fat yes. Everyone wants to categorize it. How come it can't just be music that right. you just enjoy? It? Uh huh. You know, but, but, but we, we are, we are horrible people because we are geeks and everybody wants to have their thing and it's mine and we have this avarice like, this is my stuff. You, you can't yeah. have it. It's, it's so, they were better when they did this. That record is the only good record they made. It's like, you know what? Can you just enjoy the music? And this is wisdom, and I think it's a universal wisdom that comes with age. Yes, it does. Yes, we, it does. We all hit that point. Yes. Not embarrassed to say, you know, I love Depeche Mode. I to go As see you him. should. Yes. I, I'm not embarrassed to say I like Sade. She's a great performer. Fantastic you know? singer. Fantastic love her singer. Voice. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know... I, when I'm cooking dinner, I could put on a Sade album. I, when I'm trying to decompress from a shift, I'll put yeah, on I a Sade. That. That's a thing. So, I mean... You, you got to just love music for what it is. It's like an art form. It's something, an expression of something, and and that's what we get to do. That and yeah. that, that's that's a that's an awesome thing. You, you're just so it's so lucky that although a lot of talented people, I have a lot of talented friends, and all of us get to still do this. Yeah. You know, and live out our you know fantasies of being you know young forever. You know? Do you think in, in the mid '90s? I mean, you basically you know you were focusing on med school yep. as you were doing the bow weevils do you think had you not gone to med school the trajectory of bow weevils would have gone farther probably you know i mean that, that definitely was a limiting thing um i mean that's one of the reasons why we broke up in the beginning because of medical school so um, were the other guys just pissed oh god they were angry <laughs> they were angry <laughs> yeah i mean and a part of it it was my fault too because you know i i i didn't want to let them down but i did um because what i didn't do is i, I didn't convey enough that you know we were on tour and I had to start residency you know yeah. I graduated medical school I had to start residency and I didn't really convey in, in the most I guess I don't know upstanding terms to say hey you know what I'm not going to be able to do this tour because I have to leave and start my profession as a physician and I had to leave in the middle of a tour and that was you know completely not cool yeah. um, they were not really I was I didn't prepare them for it. I didn't really. Yeah, you know, I bet that's done. It. it did. Uh-huh. And then you know they finished the tour without me, and then they came back, and then we played a big show in Elgin at this you know at, at you know the Wonderland Ballroom, 
and we <laughs> played a big show there, and I got to play the show, and it's like, oh, Concrete Hero's back, Daryl's in the band again, blah, 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 and they just were like, I'm going to stab him in the face. They had every right to do that, you know, I mean, and I, and I, I realized that, that that caused a lot of bad feelings between guys I've been friends with forever, and, you know, there's... Because still- when you're in a band, it's like... We're going into war together. Like this we are, is we're it. family. We're, we're you, family. You're, you're lockstep. This yes. is it. We're, we're yes. going to take the, take the world by storm. And we are family. And mm-hmm. that's the thing. It is like the people that you spend a lot of time with all the time. I mean, they, they are get they're guys in that this band. I've been with longer than some of the people I've had relationships with in my whole entire yeah. life. And they, I still do. They're they're my best friends. They're like my brothers. They, you know, and and we go through some crazy stuff, and we've survived a lot of things, and we've had a lot of fun, we've had a lot of tears, we've had a lot of anger, a lot of fights, and you know, it sounds like family. It is family. It yeah. is family, and you know, and with that, sometimes you know, you can love your family, but you don't have to like them all the time. Yeah, and, and that sometimes happens. Um, but but I love all these guys in the band now, and, and and but but there's still raw feelings with some of the guys previously, yeah. and um, you know, I, I apologize for that. I'm sorry, and I, I wish it wasn't that way. But that's somehow how some people feel. You can't change how people feel all the time. But you can make them feel better about it by saying, you know, if any of you guys ever get a boo boo, I can fix it for right. you. Right, right. That's true. I can, I can do that. Um, you know, and and hopefully the boo boo is not really bad. That requires my expertise in emergency physician. But I mean, if it is, I'm there for you. Right. And um, you you can actually kill one of those guys and bring him back to life. That yeah, technically I could do that, but I mean I that would if I couldn't that'd be murder if they stayed dead, so that'd be a problem. That's true. Um, because resuscitations don't always go the way you want them to go, so um, it depends on what it killed you with. You know. But if you could make a, a zombie bull weevil, I mean that's punk rock. There's, that's you know, don't get me thinking about this. Sorry. This is this is get me thinking about this. But I mean it, it is you know the, the the touring stuff got us. To be a you know, sorry a better band and you know and, and really brings us together. I mean, it, it's funny that you know when you look at the members of the band now, you know that the, the our bass player is now our, our buddy Pete. You know, um, so Pete Mittler plays in our band, and Pete, you know, was our first driver for our first tour, and I That's put amazing. in quotes roadie because he always tells I didn't carry any of your stuff. He didn't carry anything. He never carried anything. But you know, he's our been our friend forever, and that's like he's in the band with us now, and it's so perfect because he's like us, right? And he knows us. We've been through all the same stuff together. We've played in bands forever. We like the same things. We hate the same things. It's like you know, and we can just laugh about things that are just outlandishly outlandish. And we can say one thing and we all start laughing about it. Or we can say something that's like, oh, we can, and we can debate something and argue about it and still be cool at the end. And, and that's kind of the coolest thing about being in a band and coming up is that you make these relationships with people that are so tight and the bonds you create with them are, are unbreakable. I mean, they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're like the, the strongest bond you can ever get. And, and, and it's the most wonderful thing to have people like that in your life. Was it Riot Fest that brought you back together? The... First thing that got us back together was actually we did a benefit show for WLUW mm-hmm. um, back in like 2003. Um, what was that like getting back together? Was it was it weird? Was it, it fun? Was it exciting? It was weird at first. It, it was like all these you know stipulations on how this was going to work. That we did our first practice. That's when we got our our, our current you know drummer. You know Pete Mumford, who's just amazing. You know, love that guy. Love him. He's great. If you like Mumford and Sons, you'll love. You love him. Love him. So um, we want to start a band with our daughters. You know, like the Wilson, uh, like Mumf. Was it? It's 
Will Will some Mumpson or something like that? Mumpson, but so we're gonna figure out the name. Um, but it's like they they he came in as our drummer, and we got you know it was Bob and myself and then Ken and Bob and I hadn't spoken for a long time. Ken hadn't spoken. You know, Ken and I tried to do a little something together as a band that never really took off. Um, and then we all got together and we like went to a practice space. And if it sounded bad, we weren't going to do it. And, Seems like a good ground rule. And it sounded good. It was like, wow, this is really good. And so it felt natural to start playing mm-hmm. again. And so we did the WLUW show and it was like, that was, we weren't going to play again. That was like our one-off thing and to do it. And it was funny because, you know, um, <laughs> when we got out there, I mean, the traders were playing the show. Um, it was also Apocalypse Hoboken was playing the show. And it, the, <laughs> over the P, the address system we were playing, it was at the Metro. They kept playing the statement I made, we're never fucking playing this place again. Over <laughs> on a loop. We're never fucking playing this place again. Over on a loop. We're never fucking playing this place again. I'm like, well, I guess we lied. So there you go. So that was funny. It's like, that's the kind of stuff that can happen where you, all these people that have been friends of yours forever yeah. can make these personalized jokes yes. to get you to say, remember when you said that stupid stuff, Daryl? Here it comes back to get you because we remember it all and here it goes. So... That, that kind of levels the playing field. Like, it does. It, it does. It does. It enables you to move forward. It does. And it's, and it's fun. And so when you look back at it, you know, back then you could be petty and go, oh, this sucks. You're totally calling me out. But it's like, it's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. You, know, you got to laugh at yourself. Um, but, you know, Monica Ebley got us back together. Uh, Justin Prison. You know, if you're out there, Justin, you know that. Justin Schweimer. Justin uh, from Underground Communique got us back together um, and got that show put up for us. So we did the WLUW show. And that was like our first foray back. And then we were like, we're not playing again. And then Ken and I still kept trying to get something together playing. We figured that why were we why do we hate each other? We didn't hate each other anymore. I was like, this is stupid. We're, we're Again, adults. Age and wisdom. Yes, age and wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, and my lovely wife was saying, why do you guys hate each other? It's stupid. It's like you guys have been friends forever. Why that's stupid? And I'm like, yeah, you're right. So Ken and I started playing music a little bit. And then Riot Fest in 2006, that was the next thing that got us back together, and that kind of got us back together permanently to play again. Um, you know, we did that show. You know, Reagan did it. We played the show at, at the now defunct Double Door. God rest its soul. Great place. <laughs> um, that pre-show, and then we played at the Congress, and it was awesome. God, maybe not rest that soul. <laughs> Dangerous place, but I mean, <laughs> but that was awesome to have those shows. I mean, yeah, that was sure. a big thing to get us back together, and we started playing. And then you know, Mike afterwards said, "You guys should keep playing." You know, he talked about them. We said, "Yeah, sure." And we we started playing again, and. We, the funny thing is we had more opportunity to do more things, but we didn't really strike while the iron was hot. We didn't take the opportunities because, you know what, there were a lot of things going on in people's lives, you know, that, you know, families and other things sure. are, are important things that can't, don't allow the same frivolity that you have when you want to play in a band. And so that's, you know, one of the reasons why, you know, I, I believe Bob left the band, you know, he, he had things he had to do with his family. That was the important thing. And that was his priority. And that's right. You know, um, he would come from almost near Wisconsin to come down to my house to practice, which was forever. And it's like those yeah. things, you know, when you're playing, you know, a show here and there, it wasn't worthwhile for him to do that. Sure. So, um, you know, and, and that, that was a sad moment for us to have him leave the band. Um, but you know, like I said, we moved on and we have, you know, who we are now and, and we, we still, ha- we're having fun. We're doing a great, you're making great new music. I mean, you yes. put up that seven inch a couple years ago. Yes. We have, and we have new songs we have that we're working on right now. You know, you we created your own theme song. 
Yes, we did. We finally did that. You're we, like the banana we splits. It. We've made it. That's the only thing. If you don't have a theme song, there's nothing. There's something right. wrong with you. Don't Ramones had one. Right. Right. You, every great band has a theme song. Now uh-huh. we've got our theme song. And it, it's an earworm. It gets in your ear and it doesn't it go does. away. Um, so that's what we're doing. We're writing new songs. We've toured. We've gone out and toured again. We've, mm-hmm. toured. we've gone internationally and played. I mean, well, that's the thing. We, we mentioned his name earlier, and I, I hate to blow smoke up his ass because he, he might like it, but didn't 88 kind of figure out how to come back gracefully and powerfully? What, nine times they've done that? I yeah, mean, but I mean, this, like, this, I mean, how many lives does Cat have? This one seems to have really taken. I mean, this... <laughs> yes. Yes, they have. I mean, I, I, I'm really, you know, love Dennis. He's one of my best friends. I love that guy. You know, we always refer to each other as Skip um, from Stir Crazy, by the way. If you don't you know, Stir Crazy. Great movie. One of the best movies ever made, Stir Crazy. Um, Pryor and Wilder. Yes, mm-hmm. Pryor and classic. Wilder. Great classic team mm-hmm. up. And, and Dennis, I think of ourselves in that vein a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have to say that those guys have continued to work and push and do those things. And it's like it takes a dedication that, you know, it's hard to sometimes have. Yeah. And, you know, all those guys. I mean, Dan pushes like that. Um, you know, Dennis pushes like that. And, yeah, they've come back. And it's like that's good. They, they, they have a, a feeling of, like, this is good. This is right. This is the right time. And, you know, put out the new record, and they've gone on multiple, you know, jaunts out to keep on doing jaunts out. And it's like, that's good. I mean, it, it's something that I'm proud of to say these people are talented people that I know that yeah. are my friends. And we've known each other. We've come up through a lot of stuff. And it's like, I have to tip my hat to them all the time and say that's the way that works. And, and they figured out a way to do it and not interfere with a lot of things at the same time. And, and I invoke their name. And that, this is, I realize this isn't about 88 Fingers Louie, but I invoke their name because the timetable yeah. of their comings and goings is not all that different from the Bull Weevils. Right, right. I, we, we did it less because we didn't have to keep coming and going <laughs> <laughs> for some odd reason. But they, they definitely, because we, we all came up in the same vein. I mean, yeah. that's, that's like, you know, I, I, I was... We were all there at the inception of that band being birthed. Yeah, you know, um, you know, took Dennis to a to a trial and said, "Here, just go up there and do it." You know, and, and look, I created a monster. By having that That's happen. amazing. But I mean, it is like those things where you see all these bands that are doing this, and people that in bands that we know. I mean, guys who are in Apocalypse Hope are doing the Mons. I mean, that band's amazing. You know, mm-hmm. and and that's where you go like these are guys we've all known forever. Yeah, and you know, guys still putting out great music great energy and when we see each other it's like this is old home week and it's fun yeah and we still can just do talking this. about this is fun yeah it, it's like th- that's the thing you, you can't you know what i always ask the question at practices and i always says whatever happened to fun and the thing is that's a, a question anybody should ask themselves every day because that's a good starting point yes there's so much crap that people run into and so much stuff that well, brings you, people you see down horror shows come to life every day yeah every day and you know what if you can't have fun in life then what the hell, man? There's something wrong with you. You have to learn how to have fun. Everything can't be the doom and gloom and the, and the apocalypse is coming. The world's falling apart. And I mean, while all that may be true, right? You have to be able to eat a beef sandwich with, yeah, friends and eat yeah. and just have a good time. It's like that's enjoy those moments because mm-hmm. that's fun. You know, it, it can't be like every tragedy is like, oh my god, this movie is so not to canon. I can't believe that you know the Human Torch is a black guy. What the hell? Bullshit. I call. It's like. Just enjoy it. It's fun. There's superhero movies being made for Christ's sake. Enjoy right. it. And furthermore, if that's the issue you have with that Fantastic Four movie, right? If you didn't see the other Fantastic Four movies, then you see what the hell? They all kind of suck. But it's like enjoy it for what it is. Yes, enjoy it for what it is for Christ's sake. Come on. Um, so it, it is like that's the idea of like 
bands and music and the scene and going out to shows and seeing all the people, it is fun. And it is like, you can't put a price tag on that. That is something that you get inside of your soul and go, dude, this is awesome. I mean, we we were in Montreal playing. It's like, dude, this is awesome. We're in Montreal playing a show. Right. We were in England. We're like, dude, we're we're overseas playing a show. We're playing shows in England. This is awesome. And and that's awesome. Tell me about the reception there. So it's funny. We, We had, you know... First day, we're playing, you know, we hang out in England, we're having a good time. We, we, we come out, we play at the Underworld, and it's like, Bad Religion is playing right down the block from us. Our show is 20 pounds. Their show is about the same. Who do you think people went to go see? For the same price? Yes, Bad Religion, of course. Yeah, okay, I, I didn't want to say they went you to say, Of course they went to go see. Come on, we all know who they saw. Okay. It's like, we have people at the show, it's like, well, that's not a lot. And they're like, okay, we played. They still paid us because they're going to have some government subsidies mm-hmm. where they pay bands, of course, which is kind of great. So they paid us. Then we play the next show, and people are already headed to Rebellion Festival. So we played a you know empty room. We're playing. They're like, okay, cool. But then we get to play a show in Leeds with Scream, and that's awesome in itself. We're yeah, absolutely. Scream, for Christ's sake. And then it's like, well, this show is amazing. This is awesome. This is great. It was amazing. Guy didn't try to pay us, and we had to threaten him. But we got paid, so that was good. Don't try to take money away from the seven-foot-tall punk rock singer. No, no. Chicago was invoked multiple times. Do you know what happens in Chicago? That's right. Have you seen the news? We're all murderers. You don't realize we are murderers. So, um... So the, you just made me snort. Yes, we did invoke the <laughs> Chicago card of we are all murderers. We're all murderers. You know, so... So, then we, we, we went to Rebellion, and we played Rebellion, and we played a room that was a 500-capacity room. It was, like, filled. It was like, I mean, that was amazing. We had people from Scotland that were like, we loved the Bowievals. Like, we, th- this is like hearing people from overseas waiting to come see us play. And that right there, you go, oh, this is completely worth it. This is awesome. That is completely worth it. You know, and, and we had a great time just hanging out with the bands that were there, meeting people. You know, we, we have our new brothers in arms and this band Borrowed Time. Um, you know, Robert, he, amazing human being who was our, who was our driver and he, his band played and we got to hang out and hang out with his family and you know Robert and Helen him and his wife they were just wonderful human beings and I have to give a shout out to them they were wonderful and love them like brothers and sisters and they, they were great um, and you know can't wait to do that again at some point yeah, that's a well that, that leads me to my next question you're having so much fun watching you talk about this the animation <laughs> you're, you're showing me as you're talking about like you're all in yeah. So where does that leave Bull Weevils in 2017? Well, I mean, right now, you know, we're going to play this show coming up with Peg Boy, you know, Which, one of our buddies, you know. Part of the Naked Ray Gun family yes, tree. Yes, yes, one of our, our friends in arms and Peg Boy on Black Wednesday. You know, the John 22nd. Haggerty, by the way, one of the most subtle, quiet dudes I've ever met. And one of the greatest guitar players ever to grace Without a doubt. Ever to grace this planet. And yes, John's birthday today, by the way. Happy birthday to John. Uh, we're recording this yes. in mid-October. Yes. In or October. Yes. Happy birthday to John. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so we're playing with Pegboy on the 22nd. Um, and that's, you know, November 22nd. That'll be that'll be one of our shows that we'll play. And then, you know, we're just looking to record new stuff. Get our recordings done. Um, keep ourselves in tune. And then wait till the next year. I mean, right now... The big things that I have going on, my wife was ill, so making sure that she's well, mm-hmm. um, got to make sure the first. family's all good, mm-hmm. um, and make sure those things. Because, yeah, we, we had a pretty busy 2017 when it comes down to it. Um, and got to make sure that, you know, you take care of the family stuff first, and then you can do the other things afterwards. But, I mean, 
this is my outlet. I mean, that's the thing I do. Yeah. Is my outlet in the band. But you know, I'm sure. But, I mean, we haven't said it enough in this interview, but I mean, you are a medical professional. You oversee right. an emergency room. Yeah. So you so know, I mean, you see some. You see some shit go down. Yeah. So yeah. you need to scream and yell and thrash on stage. <laughs> I do. I do. But, you know, and, and that's like, you know, just one aspect of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the reality is that the other parts of me that are super important is like, you know, I'm a husband, you know, I'm a father. And those things are important. I got to make mm-hmm. sure that my wife's good. I got to make sure my kids are good. Yeah. You know, and make sure that they have, you know, dad who can, you know, provide to them and give them teaching about stuff. And I mean, they, they love music, which is really good. Um and, you know, my youngest said, I want to be a rock star. I'm like, oh, don't say it to your mother. Um, so, but it's like, that's kind of the stuff that you have to also prioritize too. And yeah. it's sometimes hard to juggle all of it. it, it, it to, to juggle, you know, the life as a physician, life as a husband, life as a father, and then add in life as a guy who plays in the rock and roll band. You're busy. It, it, it's busy. And, you know, it's like things get juggled around. Sometimes things get dropped and sometimes things get, you know, partially broken you got to put them back together and and you can't you know let any of that fall learning how to juggle those things is kind of the key thing and i i guess i like to juggle um but you know it's sometimes hard because some people look at you and go you're not paying enough attention to this you know or you got to pay enough attention to this you're not paying attention to this aspect this is hard to do everything great right it's much easier to do everything okay right and and that's where you know you sometimes have to be put into check and Mm -hmm. say you know what and that's what it takes it takes you know a wife to put you in check. It takes your kids to put you in check. Yep. It takes, you know, the sobering things of your profession to put you in check, you know. But then at the same time, you need to be able to say, I need to check out of this for a second and do this to make sure I can be capable of doing all these other things at the same time. Completely get it. That's, I mean, that's what this podcast is for me. Yeah. <laughs> and so I completely understand. Right. And, this and, is my release. And, and, it, and it, it, but it is, you got to be, you got to be cognizant of this stuff because sometimes you can lose sight of it because it, it gets mm-hmm. like, oh my God, the, the fun of running around playing the show is great. But it's like afterwards, you still got to deal with like getting up at six in the morning for your kids. You know, right, you could like be a, an absolute fucking rock star on stage, but the next morning you're still dad. Right, right. you still have to get food on the table. Right, it's hey, like rock star, get out of bed. It's time to take care of the kids. And you know, what? and that wouldn't be able to happen if I didn't have uh, my wife was not the one who's awesome. I mean, if, mm-hmm. if I didn't have her to do and help out, I'd be a freaking mess, a failure. You know, that's the thing. You got to have that other partner, and so. You know, got to give shout out to her for being a patient and, you know, you know, really overly patient sometimes individual to say, I can still do this stuff. Should I, should I thank her for letting you hang out in the car? And you... Yes. Thank you. Thank I really you. do appreciate it. You seem like a very nice person. Yes. Thank yeah. you, Joanne. So it, it is one of those things that, you know, there, there are, you know, the, the, the balancing acts and juggling that you do um, can sometimes totally trip you up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to sometimes step back and go hold on, take a breath, do this. But yeah, we want to record the new stuff. You know, we, we have a lot of new stuff. We were working on a new song just the other day at practice. And <laughs> it's funny because it, it became a big point of contention. We're just looking at each other like, what the hell? And Ken's looking at me going, dude, this is totally simple. And, and it's like, just do it. And like, I, I'm, I'm not getting it. And like, what, what's the matter? <laughs> and he calls me out and says, you know, maybe there's something wrong with you. Maybe you just, I think you could do way better for this. I'm like, wow. Now, back in the old days of the 90s, there may have been some fisticuffs and some yeah. angry, but know what? He's right. And I'm like, no, you, dude, you know me better than a lot of people. So you're right. Could do better on this. So we've got to work on this. So let's mm-hmm. get it done. So that comes with maturity Absolutely. and AIDS. Now it's like, oh yeah, criticism doesn't mean that you suck. Criticism means we're going to do this better because we can do better than this. 
And so that's where we're at now, which I think is really, really good. I, I, I have to say that makes me really laugh about things and go like, God, we used to argue about the stupidest things back in the day. So Routes true. to take. We were, we were arguing about a route to take on tour a long time ago. And Ken and I were at a Wiener Schnitzel and got into a little fist fight. It wasn't even a fist fight. We were like kind of clenching and kind of wrestled out of the Wiener Schnitzel in, in New Mexico. And that's when everybody else got in the van and left us there. Oops, sorry. Left us there to fend for ourselves. And <laughs> like, as we're fuck in these the heat, guys. Like, yeah, well, we're in the heat sitting there waiting. And we're like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. We fought about a route to take to get to the next show. That's stupid. Um, nowadays, it's like, hey, we're playing shows, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's we're still thing. doing it. It's 2017. Right. Right. Giddy up. Right. Get it. Let's go. Where are we going? And we like each other. And we do. And we do. All right. So for people who want to reinvest in the Bull Weevils, who want to follow you into the future, where do they go? So you can go to our Bandcamp page. Mm-hmm. Um, which you can all your stuff's there. Yes, all our stuff's there on the Bandcamp page. You can go there. You can even find us on streaming services out there mm-hmm. if you want to look for us there. Um, you can go to iTunes if you still do that, and go to iTunes. We can go to Bandcamp, which is where exactly it goes right to the band. And then also, I, I spend an inordinate amount of time on Bandcamp. Yes, Bandcamp. You can discover many, many things on Bandcamp, which mm-hmm. is good. Um, so that's where you can get all of our stuff. You can follow us on Facebook. Um, if even anybody does that, we have a Twitter account too, I think, which I don't know if anybody posts to it. I know our media guy kind of posts to it. Paul, get on that. And then also, um, I guess we have an Instagram too, but I've never seen any pictures go up on it at any time. So I think Facebook, Facebook and Bandcamp is probably the yes, way to go. Yes. Yeah. And if you want to buy like shirts, you go to Anxious and Angry, which is run by Ryan Young from uh, Off With Their Heads. Um, great guy. Um, you know, wonderful person to deal with. Fun person. Um respect to him and you know so you can find all of our stuff in anxious and angry if you want to buy shirts um to represent chicago bull weevil style <laughs> um and you know because we always have something that has to do with chicago in our shirts right on. which is crazy um and uh that's where you can find most of our stuff all right so I, I saved the most important question for last yeah in your collection your favorite comic book the one that you would rescue from a burning home oh jeez. oh man Boy, that's hard. Oh, Jesus. Man, that is a difficult question. There's not that one, that one Silver Age book that you can't believe you have in your collection. You know, there are a bunch of books, though, and I gotta think of one? Oh, jeez. I'll give you my two. Okay, give me your two. Uh, Avengers 57. Okay. First appearance of the Vision. Yep. And Superman 199, the Superman Flash race. Okay, that's good. Um, let's see. <sighs> Shoot. I have messed you up. You've messed me up. That is a really good question. I'm trying to think of, like, one comic book that I would want to save out of all the comic books. Well, damn. No problem talking about medicine. No problem talking about the bull weevils. The no one problem talking about said. Metro and getting banned. But I ask one, you about a comic book. Man, you blew my and it's mind. It's like I just put an SAT in front of you. You did, <laughs> and it's like I'm only going to score like 1,300 on this. Um, that's not a bad score, but that's, that's I mean, shoot, you're killing you me. Know, okay, you know okay, okay, hold on. Means, means you don't even read comic books. I, you know, you're, you're an asshole. That's, that means you're an asshole. Is what that means. Maybe I read too many comic books. Maybe, they, maybe I just read too many. Maybe I read too many comic books, sir. And I can't think of just one because I have multitudes that I'd like to save. <laughs> My God, it's like, there's, I, I keep coming to this Daredevil 
you know, I can't remember the number of it. It's it's the one where he his radar sense goes crazy, and he has to go back to meet Stick. It was in the Miller time when Miller's writing for mm-hmm. writing Daredevil. I, I have a whole run of Daredevil for a while back, maybe fifteen twenty years ago. I said I'm going to try to collect every Daredevil comic. I don't know why, because a lot of those runs are just awful. Right. But what really inspired me, I found Daredevil number one on eBay in absolutely horrific condition. <laughs> Cover hanging by a thread, chunks ripped off, like marker on the back. I think it was $15. Wow. In total, wow. like, just a library copy. Wow. I said, well, if I can get my hands on number one, what else can I do? So you started searching. Started searching. I'm like, oh, Daredevil number seven, the first red costume. And right. So, <laughs> so I... There, that I'm trying to think that Daredevil, but I can't remember. It's a white cover. Daredevil's jumping up. And he's got his. I think I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, and that's that's like a comic. I bought that as a kid mm-hmm. from a drugstore, like off the rack. Off the thing. spinner rack. Yeah, off the spinner rack. Yeah. And I remember we were going on a road trip. Like my family was going on a road trip, and I read that thing like cover to cover multiple times, just reading that. And it was like Daredevil was a character I never really got into until I read that. And I'm like, Daredevil's awesome. Daredevil's awesome. And so, so I'm like, got my Daredevil pin on right now. And so, I'm like, that's the comic I would try and save. Um, there, there's like a weird, we had a, a comic, there was a misprint of a Thor comic where he fought the Midgard Serpent. Mm-hmm. And it's misprinted, it's printed backwards. And there were like a bunch of copies that were misprinted backwards that my brother and I got. So it was like a manga. Yeah, so I'm like, this is crazy. <laughs> it's like printed backwards. I'm like, so he bought a bunch of them. They're probably not worth anything, but it was a cool comic. And then there's... A, well, do you remember the first one you ever got? First comic I ever got. It was um, Spider-Man and remember the the Punisher? Mm-hmm. The, where the Punisher's like targeting Spider-Man? Right. That, that's, I think that was his first appearance, right? Yep, that, that was we have 129? That, that's one of the first comics I got. That's pretty cool. I don't have it anymore, which is ridiculous. It's one of the first comics I got. The first comic book I ever got was Defenders number four. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's and crazy. I think that was the first appearance of Valkyrie. That's crazy. And then... Going back to say the comics that then kept on coming in, I remember we had that comic and the thing that we did. I remember getting a, a you know Kazar comic back in the day. Mm-hmm. It was one of the first comics I got. It was Kazar. I remember having that, and my brother and I, as little kids, not knowing what the hell, we would color them, just color them. I'm going, hmm, that was kind of dumb. It's so interesting you say that. Uh, Marvel and DC for a while, I think they both stopped doing it. They put out these black and white trade paperback collections of all their old comics. So and you can color them. I thought they would make amazing coloring yes, books. Yes, would be. <laughs> like, that would be the coolest. I, I, I'm, I, coloring, coloring books aren't my thing, but I thought, man, if I were seven, eight years old, I'd probably color the shit out of those. Yes, you probably would. You probably would. I mean, that's what, I mean, that, K, so Kazar and that Punisher first appearance comic were like, to the first comics I ever had. That's cool. And and, and that Kazar, I remember coloring that running around dinosaurs and all that crap. So, oh, Kazar in the Savage Land and doing his thing. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, coloring, 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 coloring. Um, but then it's like, you know, as I got older, like comics became like, this is like, I mean, picking up Moon Knight and, and I mean, it's like funny. Mm-hmm. It's like, you think, oh yeah, Moon Knight's like the Batman of the Marvel Universe. He's kind of a weirdo and he's, he's really not, I guess Daredevil's more Batman in a sense, but... I agree with that, but but Moon Knight is kind of Batman because he's got the rich persona. And mm-hmm. You can do all. The, 
He had multiple personas, which I always thought was the coolest. Yes, and, and it's like then playing onto his whole idea of having multiple personalities and being insane. And is he insane? Is he not? Which I, I still like. I still like mm-hmm. Moon Knight. Don't don't get me wrong. Moon Knight's a cool character. I still love him. Um, they keep bringing him back with new iterations. Literally all the, time. the whitest character in comics. Most le- <laughs> yes, except for no, except for also um, White Tiger. Mm, good point. Though she's not. Though she's usually Latino. She is. <laughs> so I guess not. She is. I guess not. Mm-hmm. I guess not. Oh, okay, one more comic I remember from my childhood. Uh, it was a Marvel Treasury edition. I used to love these. Those oversized tabloid yep. comics. Yes, those are awesome. There was one. It was the Deadly Hands of Kung Fu, and it was a reprint of uh, Marvel. Marvel had a lot of martial arts magazines, and it was a team up between Sons of the Tiger, Shang Chi, and Iron Fist. Yes. And they yes. fought Fu Manchu, yes. and it was the most awesome fucking thing ever. <laughs> Those, and you think about the comics in that time, when you think about the way they were written, and the the whole camp of them, they were totally like some like black exploitation movie oh, kind of things. When you think about all the things, like with Luke Cage and and Luke Danny Cage Randall, was pure black exploitation, yes, totally. But I remember though having those comics and had buddies of mine have those comics and going like, but that guy was cool because he was like a black character. Look at this guy. He's like the, the only one of the dudes. Well, that's true. I was going to say, growing up, there weren't many black superheroes. No. It was the Falcon. And here's the weird thing. I mean, back in like the 70s, all the black superheroes had black in their name. There was yes. Black Lightning and yes. Black Goliath. Yes. Everybody, like, you don't know that I'm black already? I just can't be Goliath? It's like, How messed up is like, that? What the hell is that? It's like, please, let me just first preface this, guys. Black hero coming through. Look out, Justice League, I'm ringing the doorbell. Black Goli- you know, black lightning's here. Not regular lightning, it's black lightning. Oh, it's like, you know, it's like, lightning. Jesus Christ, it's like, my God, it's like, there you go. And, Such a different time. Yes, there you go, and black lightning's here. But to Marvel's credit, they actually salvaged the character of Luke Cage and made him amazing. They did, they, they did. They pulled him out from the black exploitation depths and made him one of the most substantive characters in their line. That's Bendis who did that, though. Yeah, I that, agree. I mean, that, that is, I mean... And so he definitely, you look at him and go like, he's a cool, cool ass character. And it's like funny thing, he but he fits a typical archetype of heroes that you go, they're boring. He's a brick, you know. He's invulnerable. He's super strong. It's like, what are you going to make out of that? But then again, you get his nuances of his being a street level guy, and you know, then his relationship with Jessica Jones and all those things that you go like, this is kind of cool. Well, the coolest thing about Luke Cage is one of the oldest concepts attached to him is the hero for hire, the idea that. Yeah, someone with these abilities, he's gonna do right. it for cash. Exactly. It's like, like, hey, why not? Mm-hmm. Why not? You know, you pay someone to mow your lawn. You pay someone to clean your house. Why not pay someone to take care of some of your issues? Though the the crazy thing is, why would Luke even need that if Danny Rand is so rich? Well, you don't want to sponge off your friend. Well, Danny Rand's always willing to give up some I stuff. I know, but I mean, if you were infinitely wealthy and Fitz said, "Come on, I I need a place to live." <laughs> I mean, I, then again, isn't that what friends are for? I guess. I mean, I guess Danny Rand's a real shitty friend. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah I mean, That's Kun Lun must have made him. I mean, he's the immortal Iron Fist, for all Christ's sake. And I love Iron Fist in the comic book, that is. All right, so we have a... <laughs> Thank you, because the TV show sucked. Uh, I've delivered on the promise I made to myself and nerded out at the end of this interview. Yes. Thank you for that. No problem. Uh, we, we've covered everything. Uh, I think you're awesome. I, I really... This is Thank long you. overdue. I'm so glad we got to do yes, this. Yes, this is awesome. And, and I'm glad we got to eat beef sandwiches. And enough time has passed. Where do you stand on the return visit? Oh, we got to go back and get a second to beef sandwich. Okay. I knew it. I, <laughs> what I mean, the hell? It's like... Th- it settles in and you realize that my 
hunger has not been filled. I'm like Galactus, old Galactus, not, not the one who's bringing life. I'm talking about old school Galactus. Daryl hungers. Hunger. Uh-huh. I hunger. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll be your herald. I'll be your Terex the yes. Tamer. I'm going to get my purple suit on and walk around with a big purple helmet on and my purple apron. I am so glad we're both spoken for because neither of us would get laid after this conversation. No, God, no. no. God, no, no, no. Comic-Con. We've had the Comic-Con smell on us already. Uh-huh. We're done. <laughs> All right. we're done Dude, thank you so much. Thing. Thank you, JBO. This is awesome, man. I appreciate it, man.